Peace and blessings and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Transparent Credit Repair, the superheroes of the financial literacy and credit repair world. By making a decision to updating your credit report and changing your credit score, you can change your life financially. You can change from opening your wallet to paying out debt to opening your wallet and taking an income and keeping it. To do so and to make that life-changing decision, go to www.heritagehiphop.com and click on the link to fill out the application for transparent credit repair. Going through Heritage Hip Hop, you get 20% off of all services rendered by Transparent Credit Repair. So to change your life and update your financial situation, please visit www.heritagehiphop.com and fill out the link, the application the link for Transparent Credit Repair. On this episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast, we go back overseas. I love international hip hop because we get a different perspective on the culture that we love. And we get to hear the voices of people that you just don't get in this country. And we have a MC who released a cult classic album, Salty Waters. That's right, cult classic, which means it's meant to be heard. You should go check out Salty Waters. And we talk to Optimistic. We talk about, you know, hip hop, but from an Australian point of view. So for anybody out there that wants to hear about the growth of hip hop and the artists that's not from the States, check out this interview. And I guarantee you, it's something (laughs) amazing that you never even thought that you needed, but you do. So make sure you tune in and I'll come back with the rest of my commentary after it's done. Peace and blessings and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. Heritage Hip Hop is known for domestic hip hop and going overseas. And one of the lands that we touched that's been very grateful and gracious to us is damn Australia. And we're going to go to Australia right now to talk to somebody who not only represents hip hop, but represents the boom bap of hip hop. Introduce yourself. Yo, what's going on? This is Optimistic representing that land down under. Uh, thank you so much for having us on Hip Hop Heritage. It's uh, it's a truly honor, man. Yeah, I mean, it's always great to talk to people who keep the culture alive and make sure that the culture is well represented. But let's start from the beginning. How did hip hop find you, and what made it shine in your eyes? Uh, hip hop would have found me as a child. I was living in those kind of um, quite a desolated little town in the middle of Australia in that kind of red outback bush. And um, we had two channels on the TV, and every Saturday morning we'd get the music channel come on. And that's when I'd see Public Enemy, Run DMC, Salt and Pepper kind of breaking through in those, uh, you know, your late 80s kind of thing. And I was just fascinated as a kid. I always just seemed to love it, and um, it just grew from there. I just got fascinated by hip-hop, fell in love with it, and I kept pursuing it over my next bloody 20-odd years. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it is, man, because, I mean, at the end of the day, hip-hop is not something that you can just do. Like, you can sing, you can, you can, you can rap, but that's not really hip-hop. When did, when, when, when did you start saying, you know what, this is me, not something that people do? Oh, that's an interesting one. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's a tough question there, bro. Um, I don't know when that culture really took a hold of me, but yeah, it, was def- it was definitely young because, like I said, you know, I just 
I definitely fell in love with it. I've been fascinated all the time. It's the, it's the one thing I just wanted to keep doing. I just, you know, I didn't pursue in any trades or anything. I just kept uh, kept pursuing music and hip hop and fell in love with it such so early. And um, I don't know, maybe in my teenage years. By the time I was in the mid teenage years, I was I was definitely seen a lot by then. Um, I was spreading the culture a lot then because hip hop was still kind of growing in Australia. It was um, it took a while before it got really big big down under. That's for sure. So. Definitely one of the early years. I'd probably say my teenage, mid-teenage years, I'd say. Okay. See, the teenage years, right, is when we when we talk about life, we talk about pruning our tree. So when you're a little kid, you may like all sports and all music, right? But as you get older, your ear matures. Your life experience changes. Your outlook on life changes. And as you prune your tree, then you start forming your, your, your roots start to form your trunk, and your trunk gives ways to leaves and fruit that bear your personality for the world to see. What is the song that changed your life that made you, you, made you prune your tree and make hip-hop your number one genre of choice? You know what? I'm think, I think I'm going to have to give that to a uh, speech from Arrested Development because um, Tennessee, I, I fell in love with that song, and every time I hear that song come on, that drum beat and that kick in, I, that, that's so nostalgic. Very nostalgic song, and that um, always resonates strongly with me. With, with you saying speech, I understand you as an artist more because the gift that speech brought to hip-hop was clarity. And with optimistic rhymes, it's clear yet vocal. When you have a song with Keith Murray called Spit That Shit, right? On that song... <laughs> You are very clear. It's not just like, okay, I'm with Keith Murray. Keith's going to say something syllabalistic, and i got to catch up. It was like, Keith's going to kick it, but I'm going to come right behind him and say my shit. But what you say is very strong and very vocal. Why, why did you take the strong vocal style, and how did it come about in your perfection of hip-hop, from your understanding? Yeah, I guess that's the other thing. So when growing up, like speaking that obviously in the early years, as I got kind of matured into those, as you said, as the as the as I matured the tree and started to, to prune and reap. Like I just loved more that grimy style and hard aggressive kind of rap spit from your your red man's to your onyxes and all that. I just loved real energetic MCs as well. I think I think I really took on that as a young as a young man. I was really inspired by that energetic hip hop as opposed to kind of just kicking back and spit and chill, which I know a lot of other people like, but I think that was just more my stance on it. I just when I do my live shows ever perform, I love getting a bit more rowdy, jumping around. I just love that energetic style. So I think that's all it was. I think that's what I just took on as a as a young MC at that, at that stage. So in your teenage years, you grew up in the nineties. You're telling me? Yeah, definitely. I was born in the eighties. So early '80s, I was born and uh, grew up through the '90s. So I guess that was the that was that pinnacle, you know, that golden era that everyone loved, especially even for us down here. Uh -huh. So when Onyx's album dropped, you know, your Method Man's and your Red Man's coming out, uh, Buster, you know, when he really started taking off solo, you know, just that hype. I just got addicted to that because I was young, so my energy was all rowdy, you know, <laughs> running around. So okay. I definitely loved it. A lot more of the positive tip, but I definitely love energetic MCs, big time. I'm glad you said that because 
I, I personally, I'm gonna get what your opinion is on this. I mean, cause I think I think you um, I think you represent the side of hip hop that people need, but they turn their eyes away from, and that's the pure love of the of, of the experience, not just the music. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And um. Yeah. I think I think me me personally I don't believe there's a golden era. I think that's just some bullshit. I think people say that to feel important. To me, there's no such thing as a golden era because I think whenever you start pruning your tree, wherever you are in your development, that is your golden era. And for you, the '90s being your quote unquote golden era means you come from the generation of the I don't give a fuck. Part of my language, what people think. I'm gonna be me. I'm gonna express myself. I'm gonna make it happen, no matter what. Am I correct? <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd say so. That's right. It sounds like it's more of a generation thing, doesn't it? Because every yeah. generation we had their golden era. That's right, accordingly. But see, if somebody grew up off of optimistic, which they are doing right now, shout out to everybody listening to Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. This is Karev with Optimistic. Great MC from Australia. When I listen to songs like off of the uh, project Followed by the Shadow, pinned to the page, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That is a song that really shows you know how to build a song rather than rap to a track. Why don't you explain that to people, what I mean by that? How to do this song? Mm-hmm. Because, see, usually there's people who get a beat, and they rap, 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 to the point where sometimes they over-rap the beat. Then you got people who are artists that get the beat, know what they want to say, but they craft their words to the rhythm, and that's what you did on that song. Explain that song to me. Yeah, that's right. Wow, man, you, you've gone back a few years on me there, bro. <laughs> oh, 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 well, well, one thing I'm going to tell you before you answer, Heritage Hip Hop does not go to, oh, you got a new song out. Let me listen to it and you're asking questions. I really study the artists so I can ask them questions because I, I, um, I, I invest in people, not playlists. So if people can't invest in you as a man, then they shouldn't listen to your music because they'll never accept it or they'll never appreciate it. Man, I appreciate you. This is so cool to hear too. And that's right. That's exactly what it is. Um, but yeah, Pen to the Page, that's uh, back off the uh, 2016 album, the double album. I had to do a double album once in my life, even though they're kind of <laughs> dying out this day and age, you know. So I probably could have cut it cut it short and made a dope album and probably had a few mixtapes out of it. But um mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like, I really like that song. That's with uh, Lost by the Beatsmith producing. And it's just, I think that was a good era for me at that time of developing even more, like, reaping more. And as an artist, I was I was working hard in the studio. My lab kind of design as an MC. Um, my layering, the dubs and slobs and ad-libs over the tracks. I always really get into that a lot, thanks to the inspiration of listening to the, the artists that I, I grew up on. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it's right. Always when you craft a song, I do. I think a lot over it. Sometimes I might overthink a song too much. Um, sometimes there's always that uh, rapping about rapping, old school stuff. <laughs> but I mean, mm-hmm. I grew up on that. So I, re- I really love that shit too, the play on words, you know. Like mm-hmm. Keith Murray's a perfect example of that shit. That's, that's beautiful, I think. Um, but yeah, man, just trying to be an artist who can be a bit more crafty and witty. And as uh, Chip Boo would say, you know, a lyrical technician as such as well. Uh, not just being a rapper, but trying to be an MC, which really comes out in the, in the end, you know. You're going you're gonna to find that in the end of an artist who really is honing the craft. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree, and, I, and that's what I appreciate about your work. 
is that as you have the energy, you also have the backup of your belief in your music. See, I always told this. When I was young and I wanted to talk to girls, right, I always tell a girl, like, yo, you're so beautiful. And a girl would tell me, you think I'm beautiful? And I'd be like, no, thoughts change. Beliefs are what you live by. So let me show you what I, be what I believe in you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I believe hip-hop is the same way. Whatever you think at the time can always change, but whatever you believe about it or you love about it, it will evolve and manifest in how you um, represent it. You know what I'm saying? Mm, that's beautifully put, bro. I like that. I really like that. Well, I mean, salute to you for inspiring it and for, the, for this interview because um, – I want to go back to the past a little bit and bring people up because everybody's going to, I always say this, part of me, part of my lyrics, I mean, I'm a part of my lyrics, part of my, my words, but I always believe people ride their own dicks. I'm not really key on that. I'm not that type of man. I like to really go for what I'm giving. So while people will look at Optimistic and be like, oh, shit, he got songs with Keith Murray, Boot Camp, Rusty Jooks, which I do love, and we'll talk about that. I really want to talk about the soul of the man and what made his hip-hop what it is. You're from Australia, and when we think about Australia, I've interviewed other artists from Australia, and when I talk to them, we, we, we hear about how the music, the music community is growing in Australia, and it wasn't really a big scene for hip-hop. We hear about Melbourne, and we hear about Sydney. Where are you from? Mm, I'm representing Rockingham on the west coast uh, near Perth City. See, that's a whole nother territory. Tell me about the music scene there and how it, they accepted you when you came out doing your music. Well, the Perth scene was definitely a lot smaller. It's one of the smaller cities down under. Um, so when we started first doing shows, those open mics, um, there was no one there but the MCs and their friends. <laughs> there, was no, okay. there was no crowd. There was no fan base. It was very, very small. In fact, I'm about, I'd say, about an hour's drive out of the city. So even then, it was me and my friend from high school who were who were rapping, and I don't think I knew anybody else that was doing it at that stage. So this was the early early and mid '90s when we were doing it, and we we were called the freaks of the nature back then. Me and All my right. crazy crew. So we were the freaks of the nature. That was our first crew, and uh, yeah, we used to go up to these shows. We found out there's some kids from the north side doing it. And uh, we went up there, and we found out they were doing these open mics and a couple of things, and it was just a small crowd. You'd get 20 to 30 people in a small venue, maybe friends and MCs getting up rapping. And at first, we def definitely didn't get a shining to. We were almost seen as the enemy because we come from the south side sort of thing, you know. So okay. it was definitely a little bit of kind of like, who are these guys kind of thing, you know, because we were, we were unfamiliar faces. To these other people but you know obviously as time grows and getting older everything changes as well and you know we're, we're everyone's all good but um the actual music scene in australia has has grown phenomenally in hip-hop like some of these artists have blown right up on a worldwide scale and uh you know they're packing out stadiums as opposed yeah. to when i used to see them and there'd be a small crowd you know it did just take off and it has got a bit of a different sound to it. You know, they've, they've developed with the times to create their sound of, of, of their kind of hip-hop. And it's it's definitely blown up really big, and it's got its own style to it. So, yeah, man, it's been really good to have been one of the artists who have seen this coming up and growing up. And now you get kids who will only listen to what they call Aussie hip-hop, 
You know, I haven't come from that era where it was Aussie hip-hop. We just called it hip-hop. And now there's a thing called Aussie hip-hop, which really is just those Australian kids doing their Australian thing type of, yeah. So it's just, it's very different, but uh, very unique. Where I grew up on all the boom bap era and all these artists that I loved growing up was just more, just more of a passion to want to work with them for me. You know, I've, I collected the tapes, the CDs, the vinyls. And now, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm collecting the features of my idols type of, type of thing, you know? Yeah. That's dope. Cause I mean, that's, that's the story of hip hop. It, it, it's not only like music. And I tell people all that it's more than music. It's the story of the people who take to it and they express their art, their love, their culture, their background through the, 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 the beats or the music itself or the graffiti or the dance. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, I'm from the United States. I'm from New Jersey. Shout out to the, um, the Garden State, Brick City, Orange, you know, Orange, Citrus City, all that. And, um, when it comes from, from, um, domestically, we look at international hip hop as different, yet as a goal. Because in our country, people don't appreciate the art the way I think overseas they do. What does hip hop look like overseas? And why does, why does it has that? Why does it have that longevity with something that we consider old as something still as pure? In your in your opinion? Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying there, and it's a hard one to answer. That's very hard to answer, but I know exactly what you're saying. Like, that is exactly how it is. Like, just big collectors and a lot of appreciation for for that art growing up. I know not only just for myself, but from a lot of the crews I've met growing up and moving around because. Hip-hop really directed where I went and what I did with my life. Like, it moved me from Perth to Sydney for about nine years, you know, following yeah. that dream, that passion of being an MC. And while I was over there, it made me meet the people I met, MCs, DJs, graffiti artists, uh, dancers as well in the scene. Um, and it is that. It, it just has a different feel. Like, there is a lot of word, like they use the word about art. The word art comes up a lot in it, you know, the, the crafting of the art and the respecting or protecting the sacred type of type of speak. Um, I don't know why it's different, to be honest. I, maybe because it came from somewhere else is, is why we kind of hold it a bit more special to us, maybe, um, and why it's not as loved back where, from its origins, which I'm sure it is. I'm sure it still is, actually. I'm sure there's a lot of people like yourself, so it's definitely got the love there for those people who still love that origin. But, yeah, there is, a, there is a different vibe coming from those different places. I'm sure it's the same in probably Japan, uh, Germany, France and all. I'd say I'd have a similar kind of love for it, for the culture in that way as well. I, I, you know what I appreciate about, about the international landscape, the art, exactly what people don't appreciate in America, because um, when I went overseas, I was able to see castles, um, forts with armor and, and, and lay, land layouts over mountains and stuff like that. And, and like, that's art. That's the art of life. Life is nothing but a classroom without walls because you will always learn. And, yeah. and when you go overseas and you see these old castles and brick roads and things, people are maintaining the ideas. They're pertaining, they're, 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 they're helping keep the artistic expression and growth of their cultures alive. 
Whereas in America, it's so greedy and manifest destiny driven that the strong have to survive. If it's not, we don't like it, we knock it down, we get rid of it, and we lose a lot of the stories that make life so interesting. What was the main story of hip hop that stuck in your heart that made you change your life to make that story a reality for yourself? Mm. Just a song, a story. What's this? Like a, a part of hip hop that made me change my life through the culture? Is that what you're asking? I mean, take it the way you say it. I mean, at the end of the day, something in hip hop affected you that made your life just want to keep the art alive to keep it to tell your story like what was that moment what did it for you oh wow that's that's big hmm i honestly don't know too much for that that's a tough question as well man um i guess when i started hearing a lot of changes mm -hmm. in hip-hop coming from the states was was very strange to me and i always wanted to bring more of that boom-back classic sound. That definitely was a big influence on me there. I remember when I flew to New York for a couple of days to shoot some videos, and I was with uh, Chip Foo from the Fooshnickens in the car right. driving. And the radio stations, I was flicking through all the radio stations, and I was like, you know, what is all this shit on the radio? Like, where's, where's all that hip? Because I was expecting all this great hip-hop to be coming out in the station. And, you know, times had changed so much advanced over there from, that I didn't realize. And he was telling me, you know, this is what, this is what it sounds like, this is what's happening, not, there's not as many of the, the hip-hop that you love, Maddie, coming out. So I guess that was something that really made me more push it when I'd returned back to Australia. And mm -hmm. I, formed, I, I formed up with some other people down here and we formed the crew, The Protectors, and we did another album which features like uh, we got KRS-One and Rusty Jukes and Sadat X and that. And yeah, just found those OGs that we loved and created this kind of more, even made the sound of the sonic, the sonics of the album sound more old school boom bappy. And just called the album Protectors. And the album was called Protectors of the Lost Art, which we only just ended up dropping early this year because we had a few issues and it came out late. So we worked on that one for quite a few years. But that was a big moment that definitely pushed me to change because I wasn't hearing the stuff that I would have liked to hear coming out, you know. Whether I'm holding on to the past and it's old, I don't know. But just really wanted to give it that uh, that old school flavor with a new twist, I guess, kind of thing. You know why I died in this country? I'm going to tell you a good reason why. It died in this country because corporate America got their hands into it and molded it into something that fed the religion of greed, where you yeah. do hip-hop from the religion of love. Now, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, especially Prodigy, rest in peace, from Mob Deep said, um, Illuminati wants my mind, soul, and my body. And what he's talking about wasn't just him as the man, it was the culture itself. Because we had songs that warned us, hip-hop, real hip-hop is going to go underground. The main, the machine is going to try to control it and destroy it. And what you experienced was exactly that. Because just like Australia is a different territory, New York is a different territory than New Jersey. And New York has seven territories in it already, which is crazy. But you got New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Florida, Texas, Cali. We have 50 states with over 100 different sounds in each state. And you have to find that music 
to appreciate it. So when I talk to optimistic, when I talk to people in like Australia, when I talk to people in the States, when I find that, as you said, protecting the lost art, you have to protect the voice and the story of the MC. You agree? Yes, definitely. That's 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 perfectly put, bro. So then, here's my question to you: What would the world lose if the MC stopped talking? Knowledge, wisdom, raw information uh, from America. You know that street for them. Uh, the soul, the spirit, you know, you speak your rest of developments. Yeah, all of that. You would lose, you would lose all the goodness and you'll be just fed. You'd be fed shit. That's what you'll be fed. You'll be fed utter, utter crap. And not, nothing nurturing the new trees and the new seeds. You won't be nurturing the new seeds to grow. And another thing like speech will say, you're only going to be growing weeds. That's just going to cut them. That's, <laughs> You know, you don't want to grow weeds. You want to you want to nurture the seeds, basically. And shout out to Chip Fu for being almost the co-star of Day of the Guiding Light. Because <laughs> he's all over that one. You know what I'm saying? He he was such a beautiful. He's such a humble, great man. He like he came down to Australia for me to shoot the video clip uh, for one of the songs. We put on a show for him, you know, like as a nice little you know, special kind of personalized show, which I got to open up for him. He stayed here at my house, and I got to pick his brain apart about some stuff, and he was just a very humble man. And, I mean, wow, what a what an MC, you know. Growing up, you know, you'd, I'd be spitting the bars of all the MCs, but still to this day, Chip Fu is one MC that is very hard to spit his bars, that's for sure. Yeah, because on Live Smooth, man, he, he killed that. But not even Live yeah. Smooth on Ring the Alarm. Man, he was going off. Ring the no? Alarm, yes. yes, right, Ring the Alarm. Oh, my God. And Crazy. They had some Crazy yeah. or something. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Let's That's go to really one of your crazy it. songs, though. Let's go to one of yours that really made me go, all right, something's wrong with this guy. He's different. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the song. Let's talk about the song Still Representing. Ooh, with Mr. Chief. Talk to me about that song and what it meant to you to make it. Well, that was almost exactly what we were just talking about, man. That was that that still represented the boom bat, the old the old stereo system, the tape deck, which is the, the logo we used for that song. Um, but that kicked off thanks to UG or Ugg from the Cellar Dwellers. Uh, I'd been in contact with him and we'd done some stuff, and he he produced that beat. So that beat is actually produced by Ugg. So that's that, that's dope in itself. And so I got him to rap on that. I asked if he'd do a verse as well because he loved the beat and the concept of the song. Um, he came up with the hook idea. That was actually him as well because we were talking over the phone and ideas what we wanted to do and the whole still representing was the ended up being the theme. And then Mr. Cheeks came about because I'd worked with Cheeks on that day, the guiding light followed by the Shadow album. So obviously, I'm a big Lost Boys fan. So I hit Cheeks back up, and yeah, we got him to rep it. And oh, that that verse of his, man, that yeah, that that is amazing. And I really love that song. I just really is trying to hold that that '90s boom bap era sound, and just just giving it that freshness as well, you know. And when you hear him dudes like Cheeks and UG rapping on it, for me, you know that. That's that dream as a kid. That's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to, I wanted to spit bars with, 
with the guys that inspired me growing up. That's all it's been. Nothing more, nothing less. I respect that because the Salty Waters Project is a phenomenal project. Even how you talk about the alligator in the beginning, you don't go too close to the edge because you're going to get snatched up. Hip-hop is like that alligator because if, if you mess with it enough, it's going to take you somewhere. <laughs> it's yeah, going to yeah. take you somewhere you never think you'd be, you know? Do you agree? Yeah, man, that's that's what happens, man. It's a crocodile. We got crocs down here, bro, not alligators. Uh, hey, hey, I don't, I don't, know. I don't, I don't like either one of them. They all scare me. They eat people, so. It's <laughs> 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 the same thing. You know, but, um, but you... Huh? You know, with, the, with, the, with Australia, you know, it's just a salty water croc. I thought it represented it good. It's that, uh, because they represent the wisdom, you know. They're the ancient creature of natural wisdom. And uh, that was the whole idea. It's about the listener gets too close and gets pulled in and dragged down deep into the salty waters. And you go into that element of the hip-hop where the listener is embedded deep in there with the yeah. beat itself, you know. So I just thought that was a great idea. And now we're doing something similar for Salty Waters 2. Well, before we go to Salty Waters 2, I just want to say that Salty Waters is a phenomenal project. And for everybody out there who wants to hear that boom-bap sound, Optimistic has a great album with Boom Back Sound, but it's not only nostalgia, it's updated lyrics and rhyme patterns. So if you want to hear MOP, you want to hear, um, you want to hear Mike Hands on there, you want to hear, um, I don't want to big up everybody else, but if you want to hear a great album that has that pure hip hop feeling, Optimistic has done songs with some of the greats like Keith Murray, Do It All Do. That's my man. Shout out to Do It All Do too. Uh, Chip Foo. Billy Dan, Sticky Fingers, Fredro Starr. I could always name names. But um, my question to you is, having those names on your resume means what to you as an artist? That just uh, clarifies the hard work I've been putting in, man. It just, that's, you know, that was the dream I was pushing for, to work with these guys. And when I can see myself alongside my idols and my inspirations, it just clarifies for me that I'm doing something right. You know, I'm working hard towards it. I've, I've always put in a lot of passion, a lot of hard work into my music, you know, just to literally want to make good hip-hop. And that's right, Salty Waters was, that album became a big pinnacle where I was happy for that album from start to finish. Where the Dad of Guiding Light one, you know, it was a double album. I pushed it and... There were definitely songs on there that probably weren't album-worthy as such. You know, they were more mixtape and could have thrown them away on the side. But still some gems on there. But by the time we got to Salty Waters, everything had matured up. It had definitely taken a, a big step up. And start to finish the album was strong. The producers came in strong on that one. Uh, yeah, shout-out to Lothwater, Beat Smith and Rob Shaker, UG and Demic Emerald. They all kicked ass on that album. Um... Yeah, man, but seeing those names alongside, it really just puts that clarif clarification and stamp on it. Facts. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I got, I got to say this before we get off of that project is this. The fulfillment of an artist is to, is, to, is to give the canvas the exact stroke or brush that it needs to capture the picture. And with Salty Waters, I think you captured a lot of what people want but are scared to say. Because a lot of us over here, we're frustrated. And we're like, 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 like we, a lot of us don't understand or don't 
really get to hear or meet overseas artists because we're force fed the, the the garbage that's on the radio or coming from the um and the, from the DJ and DJs over here don't break music. So shout out to MJ for hooking us up for this interview. And after hearing a lot of your music, I'm 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 definitely um going to support you by putting my money down where my putting my money where my mouth is because on Heritage Hip Hop we don't stream we purchase and we tell everybody purchase 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 streaming is good but purchasing is better you know yeah support the artists and thank you so much man that that means the world to me as well and um yeah shout out to MJ and Hip Hop Connects she's been dope with all this and helping me get out from Australia and getting the music up there heard to where it's meant to be. Facts. I mean, I want to introduce some people to your sound as well. So in introducing people to your sound, you have Salty Waters 2 coming out in the first single, Hip Hop is, is All I Do. That's the name of it? That's, that's exactly right, man. Still, still on that same journey, Hip Hop is All I Do. Talk to me about that journey now. So you, you did a part one, and now you're doing a part two. Like, like, like it's hard to, it's hard to, capture the essence of the original when you do a sequel. So what is the job of the sequel? Yeah, just to continue that journey on, to take you take you deeper in there. And those Salty Waters, because Salty Waters was such a a groundbreaking one for me, it was just kind of, we didn't think we were going to do any more after that, to be honest. We thought, oh, shit, we've done it, you know, we've, we've peaked out. Because I have a team behind me as well. It's not just me. I've got a good group of friends who are producers and help guide me doing my shit. But then we just kind of kept we kept going a little bit further and pushing it, and I think it happened a lot easier and a lot quicker by number two because we'd already got a good formula, a good pattern, a good a good team, and a good relationship working. So things moved a lot faster and a lot easier. And you know the salty waters, you know, you want to travel to different destinations. There's also that kind of thing in that depth. So we just wanted to do that number two play on it again with the same concept of being dragged back into those waters. Um, and, yeah, man, I tell you what, it's, 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 I think it's freaking amazing. This number two is bloody amazing. Um, you know, we, we came back with Onyx again. You know, you've got sticky fingers up there. On Hip Hop is all I do. The brother Mike Hands, I've got to give a lot of love to Mike Hands. He's a crazy MC. He needs to be heard so much more. As well as Sick Flow from 100 Mad. Uh, you know, Do It All's back on there. I chucked him on a track with Crazy Dre's from Darth Effects. That is so dope. Um, who else we throw on there? Fredro Star's back on there. You've got uh, Method Man from Wu-Tang's on there. We've got Rockness Monster from Helter Skelter. You know, I'd, these are just all the guys that I love working with, man. And just I love blending certain artists as well that I haven't heard working together. You know, I really love doing that. I try to think of my past and things I've heard and have I heard Fredro Starr spit on a verse with uh, Rampage from Flip Mode Squad, you know? So I mm. put them on track from 41, you know? I love, I really like blending them. Mr. Cheeks and Rockness Monster. Uh, Sticky Fingers and Rockness Monster, you know? Two, they're my two favorite voices of hip-hop, those two MCs. I love their voices, man, as well as their content, obviously, but they just naturally have these insane voices to record to, you know, and, and as a fan, I just love hearing that, you know? Me too. That's why I enjoy the album so much. It reminds me of back in the 90s when we had um, what we would call the offshoot feature, 
where you had two people do a song together and it didn't make sense, but the song, it came out crazy. Like, um, I don't know if you remember, there was a movie that came out called Rhyme or Reason. And mm -hmm. there was a song called Over Here. And it was Cannabis with Helter Skelter. We were like, what the hell is that? Well, the cannabis, uh, uh, yeah, I think it was cannabis, how to sculpt it, maybe Razzcast? Well, yeah, I'm only like, what that's, the that's, fuck is that? Yeah, that sounds very, that's the one, that's the one, Razzcast, yeah. 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 Was cannabis on that as well, was he? Yeah, he was, I think he had the first verse. Damn. I mean, I've I got that DVD stashed away somewhere, and I have to pull that back out and watch that shit. Yeah, so I mean, like, the soundtrack, movie soundtracks gave us that feel, because we got the offshoot feature. I remember it was another one we had back in the day. It was crazy. Like, I I'm trying to remember. I think it was Trespass, and we had Ice Cube and Ice T. And we're like, yo, how does that match? You know, <laughs> it's, it's weird. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when, when you have an album that can give you that and it's pleasing to the ear, that means that somebody really crafted it. And I just said, just give me a feature. Just give me a feature. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's it. You know, that's, that's just coming from the fan within me, you know. So... That really is just that fan influence of going, man, I'd really love to get this person working with this person, you know, that I haven't heard before. And sometimes it can be difficult because I guess there, there could have always been past um, issues with these artists that I don't know about and stuff, but um majority of the time it's really dope. Like, after I put Do It All and Crazy Dre together on that track, I was watching an interview with, uh, it was Do It All doing an interview in Jersey or somewhere, and he's talking about how there was a kind of a Dars and uh, Lords, not really a beef, but a thing coming up when they first started, like they were sounding the same or something. And I was like, holy shit, I never knew about this. You know, I'd mm -hmm. actually never known about that before. And then, you know, I was like crazy. I just put these two on a song literally one month ago. And now I'm hearing this story coming from Dewey's own mouth. And I'm like, man, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, shout out to New Jersey hip hop because we got stories of our own. Like I said, do what I'll do is my guy. He's one of the few rappers my father actually likes, and he won our Govmatic Award um, last year actually for the um, for um, re representing hip hop outside of the culture, and he took it into politics. You know what I'm saying? So salute yeah. to you for 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 like I said, exp uh, uh, salute to you for finding that joy and bringing our relevant MCs back to relevancy when people think they're not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's right, man. That, that, that's absolutely dope. And like I said, like uh, down here, we love them, man. You know, they are—they're those legends down here as well. So, you know, Lords the Underground, man. I, my cousin introduced me to them when I was young, and absolutely phenomenal. In fact, I just bought their first album on vinyl again for the second time yesterday. Nice. Just at the, I was at the record store, which they're a dying breed over here now. We've got one record store just holding in, which is a real sad thing because. That was one of my favorite pastimes, just to hit the record store and browse through the vinyls and CDs and trying to find those rare classic bits of gold. Facts. I need to come down to Australia one day. I think it would be very dope because one of the goals of Heritage Hip Hop is to hit the other territories and see what it is about the story and the culture of hip hop that the world loves so much. I'm going to ask you a question before we close up into this part of the interview. And I think this is a very important question for me to ask you. What is hip hop to you? Ooh, man, hip hop, it has, uh, sounds so generic to say, but it has been my life. It's, it's been my, my spirit, my breath, my everything. It's been the guide that I've, I've followed for so long. I just, 
Nothing else has come through in my life which has, has steered me in a direction, anything other than hip-hop. Like, it has so guided me. Um, maybe something changing now because so I found out I'm about to be a father soon, which I think will steer me in a different direction for the first time in my life. But mm-hmm. hip-hop has been, has been my way of life. You know, it has been something I've been following, living, breathing, and it's, it's, it's a spirit, I guess. There's a spirit about it because... It does bring people together. Like I've seen, it's made me meet so many people who are also connected to it. And from overseas and everywhere, you know, in my own town and overseas, it's, it's something that brings people together. So it's, it's definitely powerful. It's, it's a powerful force, 100%. Well, our tagline on Heritage Hip Hop, or at least from Korea, which is me, is this. Hip Hop is God within you. It has nothing to do with music. Because hip hop is the only only art form that's alive. Think about it. Jazz was a slang word that meant sex. It never meant music. And people play instruments to dance, to wind on each other, and ultimately people wanted to have sex. Well, on soul music and R&B, you sing. So either you can sing or you can't. Hip-hop, though, you could dance, sing, rap, dress, whatever, but it's different because as we say the heart is the drum of the of the um so the drum is the heart of the of the beat or the drum is the heart of the song your heart is the beat of your life so that's your living drum when you when you when you make music you make harmony which means you're taking the person on a journey to appreciate the music and feel at one with it in your body if your endocrine system your respiratory system your reproductive system all work together that's called harmony cuz you're able to live life and produce it not only that, when you take a walk through life, you take your journey. Your journey is made by steps. When you write music, the lines that you write your notes on are called steps. So hip-hop perfectly reflects not only the music that you create, but the life that you live. You feel me? Yes, definitely, man. That's right. And the word is the inner God. That's, that's exactly it, that spirit, that guide, that force, that pushes. I, I definitely feel that, and I understand that. And I love the, I love the way you word this. This is fantastic. Well, everybody on the line right now, this is Karev with a, a great MC from Australia, the land down under, one of the lands that made people really appreciate the depth of how far your music can travel and what can come from it. So please, sir, give everybody your social media and tell them how to get in touch with you so they can follow you and check out some more of this music. Yes, man, please. If anybody's interested, it's optimistic, O-P-T-I. M-Y-S-T-I-C, and you'll find that on everywhere, man. You've got the Facebook, you've got the Spotify's, Twitters, all that stuff, man. It's all out there on everywhere. Optimistic MC. And, yeah, man, hit it up. Share the love. And for everybody out there listening, stream his music. But if you love it, purchase it, because we're purchasing Salty Waters 1, and we're looking forward to Salty Waters 2. We want you to purchase that music, because if the Internet went down today, if you don't own your music, which means you bought it, you don't have your music. So into the artist so you can get more quality music. Get that quality and stop just streaming stuff because you're making the stream people rich and you're making the artist broke. Give them their just due and tell them thank you by paying a dollar, three dollars, twelve dollars to whatever it is they put out because your ears will thank you and you will own the music. You agree? Yes, that's right, man. That's exactly right. If the if the beast goes down, that's it. You've lost it. That's right. So with that being said, sir, it's time for the rapid fire questions. You want to have some fun with me right now? Okay, let's go, man. 
All right, the rapid fire questions are not yes, no questions. These are questions that show your understanding of hip hop culture and the depth of you as an artist. You ready? Okay, let's go. All right, question number one. What song or album from another artist catalog perfectly describes you? Whoo! Oh shit! That <laughs> <laughs> that is hard. I'm gonna go Arrested Development, their first oh. album. I can't remember nine months, two months, nine days, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So then you're yeah. very soulsy. You're a very vibish person. You like to reflect on life yeah. a lot. Definitely, man. Definitely, spirit, spirit, spirit. Okay, I'm with that. Question number two. What do you miss about hip hop the most? Is it the cipher, the freestyle, or the session? Ooh. The cipher. Not enough ciphers coming out. But shout out to Grind Mode out there doing their thing. Okay. I mess with you on that. That's what's up. Why do you miss the cipher and what do you think people don't get from not being in it? Not being in it, I mean. Just that blend of energies, the mix, you know, when you look at that, uh, what was that great one off the Frankie Cutlass album, with Roxanne Shantae and Craig G and all that, you know, just that blending of energies that come okay. together, so then you're mm -hmm. all sharing different different flavors. Oh, there you go, Flavor in the Year, Remix, perfect example, kind of that blending of a lot of people coming together. I mean, that's more of a track, but just a cypher joint with different energies, and you just get different flavors. I love that. I think you answered my next question, but I'm going to try anyway. In hip-hop history, people remade songs. They added different beats. They added people to the songs. They called it the remix. My question to you is, what is the greatest hip-hop remix of all time? Okay, so I've got two there. Okay. Slave in Year remix and Boys to Men Vibin' remix. Which, oh, what, what, the one with Red Man? Uh, Method Man, Buster, Tretch. And who is it? It's actually Craig Macklin there as well. Yeah, so you're talking about the first version. Okay. Yeah, there were two good. remixes. Okay, that's okay. You're the first person yeah. who put that up. And most people don't talk about that song. That's dope. I love that joint. Love that joint, man. That's, that's a great joint. It is. Both versions are, are excellent. So being an artist, you bring people on your albums and in your projects to feature. Um, and sometimes the feature artists can overshine the main artists on the song. Who has the best feature in hip-hop history, in your opinion? Oh, I mean, Method Man's a killer MC for that. I always find that anything Meth touches, he, he's insane on it. Yeah, any if it features Method Man, I always find that he's going to kick it. Same as Red. Red. Red's one of those guys as well. Uh, particular song, I can't, I can't just name one particular song right now. Okay, that's fine. I do find them very powerful feature artists to have on. So then, the feature is powerful. So let's let, let let's make let's build your your favorite your, your your personal dream track. Let's build your dream track right now. If you could build a dream track, who would be on your album or or no not album? Sorry, who would be on your song? Dream song. Who features on it and who's doing the beat? And I'm gonna throw you a bone. Dead or alive, no restrictions. Who would you want to do a song with? We'd, uh, we'd definitely go Sticky Fingers, mm -hmm. Red and Meth, mm -hmm. produced by Eric Sermon. Mmm. All right, well, you talked to Meth already and Sticky, so let's make it happen. What's up? <laughs> yeah, you got to get that. 
Got to get your boy from Jersey on there. Got to get Reggie working. So What's that? Why not? I mean, yeah, I mean, those three together, that's with an Eric Sermon production. Like, Eric's my favorite producer growing up. I think that would be a, a dope track. Optimistic. Can I be real with you? Definitely. You inspired me to ask a brand new question to the um to the um rapid fire questions. You mind if I ask it for you? Yes, that's true. This is this is the first time in Heritage Hip Hop I asked this question, and it's going to be a staple from now on, based on what Optimistic said. So everybody, think Optimistic for this question right here, Mister Optimistic, MC Extraordinaire. A a kid is studying hip hop in college. And he and they bring you in as a guest speaker to the class, and he asks you, "I love hip hop, but I don't understand it. Give me five albums that perfectly describe hip hop. What would top? What would be your five albums to perfectly describe hip hop to them?" Ooh, that's a good one. Okay, I'm gonna go Public Enemy, Apocalypse '91. Okay. Arrested Development first album again. Okay. Oh. I'll just throw in a Grundy MC's greatest hits. Okay. <laughs> not one particular album. There are too many great hits. Just you have to have Grundy MC in there. Okay. Um, well, what have we got? We've got three there. Yeah, um, three. Rakim. Rakim. Eric Follow the leader. Okay. Whoa. Damn. And maybe Red Man's Muddy Waters. And Muddy Waters. Mm. And for coming to you for asking such a dope question, you give him Salty Waters 1. And <laughs> 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 say, take that with you so you can learn a little bit more. That's extra curriculum. That's a hard question. Naming five albums is too hard. You know that. For any hip-hop fan, like, I mean, God, Snoop's first album. I mean, that. But see, that's, that's the best part about the rapid-fire questions. There is no wrong answers. It's just giving people your perspective of hip-hop. So I salute you for that. And you're the first person I ever asked that, so thank you for the new question. <laughs> I got two more questions, and then we're going to close out, all right? Okay. Here's a very important question I want to ask you, and um, it, it comes from the, 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 the bloodline of being a international artists doing songs with people from the United States is a very big deal but what is the goal of an international artist when it comes to music that comes to America especially when it comes to an American musical genre so sorry can, can you repeat what you're saying there okay so like uh, the, the goal of a, a goal of an artist is to be heard and like I heard uh, from a lot of international artists they want to make it big in America in the United States what is oh, the goal? What is your goal when it comes to doing music? Doing music when it comes to America, especially when it comes to doing a, a music genre that comes from America. I'm not gonna lie, man. I really don't give a shit. I just want to work with the artist. That, that has only been my. That is honestly to God. That has only been my goal. My goal is only to be able to have the opportunity to speak with some of the greats. That's all it's been. I don't have any any goal to blow up or be big and, you know, it's never been about dick riding or any of that shit or try to make money. I just I just wanted to have that dream and that opportunity to, to work with the greats. Yo, I love your answer. Salute to you for being truthful. 
Because some people be like, yeah, I want to make a song with Jay-Z and Beyonce and own this and own that. And it's like, yo, but the goal, it really is to be heard. <laughs> so, yeah, I, yeah, I get you. Yeah. All right, yeah, you know, so everybody. Everybody music out there, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everybody out there, once again, this is Karev with Optimistic MC Extraordinaire from Australia. That means koala bears. That means, damn, boomerangs. And most importantly, it means Salty Waters 1 and Salty Waters 2 coming soon. Landmarks and Aussie hip-hop or just hip-hop culture, period. No subtitles, no genres, no boxes, just hip-hop. So make sure you get yeah. that. So our last, our last question is the most important question of the first interview. So I say that to say, like, like I said, I'm not one of those industry people. If you would like to, if you have an album coming out and you want to do an interview, feel free to contact us and we'll have you on. We don't do that. You got to be hot. As long as you have a song that I like, I think it's easy to talk to you. No problem. You know? So, all right. So this question, um, comes to you in this way. 500 years from now, they're going to go through the music catalog of the great Australian music, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going to go to the museum, and there's going to be a hologram of the Salty Waters album cover. And a kid is going to push the button and hear your album. What is the legacy you left behind on the world that made it better because people get to experience and hear your music? Ooh, so he plays through the whole album, does he? I mean, if that's if he likes it that much, why not? <laughs> yeah, if he passes the first song. Uh, the Legacy Left Man, ooh, just those classic elements. I think mm. that's it. I think what I've done is I've tried my best to really uphold and keep alive those classic elements, you know, with the, like we said, with that boom bap essence with the lyricism of an MC. Um, nothing selling out as such. Not trying to make pop records or anything. It's just pure rawness. You know, that dinosaur shit. Just classic. <laughs> that lives on, that, you know, lives on forever and through the fossils, through the 500 years until it hits the hologram. You know, it's just classic elements that will hopefully live on. I don't think you can destroy the elements. I think they will always be around. Well, with that being said, everybody, Optimistic is telling you to stay true. And true means you don't have to do too much or go too far. Just stay with the core elements of truth, and ultimately you will live on and inspire the world with any and everything that you do. With that being said, this is Karev, Heritage Hip Hop Optimistic, and we say peace, and we out. Love, bro. Thank you so much, man. You're, you're a fantastic, fantastic interview. That was awesome. Optimistic does music from the love of the culture, not from the desire to make money in the culture. And when you chase the bag, you cheapen the experience and the love of the and the joy of hip hop. And it shows in your music. And because he loves the music, he's able to release great albums like Salty Waters and the upcoming Salty Waters 2. Please take the time to support Optimistic and get that music. Once again, this is Karev from the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast thanking everybody for listening and supporting. 
we ask that you please go to www.heritagehiphop.com to check out more music, videos, interviews, etc. Follow us on all social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Subscribe, like, comment, and share the videos on YouTube. Follow us on YouTube, you know, and you can also hear the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We have a large catalog, so we're going to be backtracking and putting out some of our or not some all of our old catalog on these platforms so you can enjoy them and meet the artists for the first time not just hear their music heritage hip-hop is also going into coaching and helping people learn profitability especially indie artists we're going to talk about profitability and how to not only own your brand but be the brand and connect with people everywhere so if you're looking forward to that the why not you series is coming very soon we'd like to give a shout out to everybody that helps support and make this possible shout out to transparent credit repair you can follow them and you can also connect with them through heritagehiphop.com click the link and it's 20 percent off of all services given by her um by transparent credit repair we'd like to give a shout out to fatty's place to my man bq come on soon bq we're pulling for you Shout out to Fire Jaws Wildfire Marketing, Lex Diamonds, the Diamonds Entertainment LLC, and salute for their new to their new podcast on sports. Shout out to the Goodfellas, Tommy Guns, Dab the uh, Photographer, AEP underscore presents on Facebook, Shaw Montana, DJ Big A, A H Y A D A R on YouTube. Support Goodfellas Recap. You'll see that on Heritage Hip Hop on feed very soon. And more importantly, Shout out to MJ Hip Hop Connect and shout out to you, the listener. MJ helps bring some of these great interviews to us and you, the listener, by listening and sharing and supporting also makes this possible. So please continue to like, share and comment everything as we build this great platform to celebrate you, the hip hop lover, the hip hop artist and the hip hop community. We are God's heritage and that makes us heritage hip hop. So for everybody out there listening, this is Karev saying peace and we out.